to the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast with me, David Oram and Red Pereira. We're delighted to be back with you uh, after some sort of a hiatus of, uh, I think it's been about 10 days, um, where unfortunately we were cut off because my computer exploded with the excitement of uh, Carlos Brathwaite's amazing pyrotechnics at the end of the World 2020. Uh, we've got plenty to catch up on, but Reds and I today, we're going to be focusing purely on that World 2020 uh, competition, the men's and the women's victories, and uh, and, the dis- and discuss as well Darren Sammy's comments after the game and other things that have emerged from that. Uh, without any further ado, uh, Reds, it's great to be back with you. Yes, a happy weekend to you, and I can well understand your computer crashing, because most computers, most human beings could have hardly handled Carlos Braffitt in that last over uh, four sixes. It was just too much for humans and just too much for your computer. <laughs> well, it's certainly been a major inconvenience uh, to be without uh, a, a computer for the for the last while. But hey, we're, we're, we're back chatting together again, which is great. An amazing tournament, amazing success for the West Indies. And uh, There are things, as I said, we do want to talk about, like Darren Sammy's comments and uh, also Marlon Samuels and things like that. But let's let's focus first and foremost on the cricket. Wonderful, wonderful for the Caribbean, those two wins. I suppose that the ladies set the tone for the day, Reds. Yes, um, the ladies certainly improved as they got better. I think they were able to hand, handle the England defeat in the middle of the competition very well. And uh, they certainly um, got a victory close over India and then got better against New Zealand. New Zealand, uh, you know, it was a tale of two cities. We didn't bowl all that well, but we certainly batted a, a, a lot better. Uh, Rosalind Cooper, uh, superb hand. Um, she had hardly got 12 runs in the three innings that she had played before. And it just goes to show how sometimes selectors can back a player Mm. Because they feel that you know that she would have come good, and did she come good? It was an <laughs> excellent dunk. And um, then in, in in the final, you know, we had a a very very good performance uh, by the openers again, putting runs on the board. And was it enough? Uh, well, it was enough um, to, to have gotten the West Indies a victory. And again, a good batting, Haley Matthews, who the Maybe the brightest um, female prospect on the horizons in, in, in world cricket. The, 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 the captain herself uh, playing an excellent role mm. and leading from the front. Uh, you know, and there was a game where I think it might have been the game against New Zealand where Mohammed didn't start very well. I think she, 13 of the first over. And quickly she came in and was able uh, to bottle up um, at that end, uh, but uh, the men, in contrast, um, you know, in the in in the joys of defeat, uh, a different kind of of a victory. But um, you know, it was a 
marvelous a couple of hours uh, for West Indians all over the world. No, absolutely. It was it was wonderful. It, it, during the tournament, Reds, when we, uh, uh, particularly in the early stages, you and I were talking about the women, uh, you'd expressed your, your concern that they weren't scoring enough runs. Uh, the early stages of the competition, 120 was a very competitive total. Um, they even failed to, uh, well, they had that very close game with England that I think was only 108 or 109 scored. And uh, you said they had to be hitting the 140 mark um, yep. to be successful. And they did that. Yes, they did. And I think we need to go back to the kind of preparation they had. Um, I was fortunate enough to do um, four of their matches here versus Pakistan. Yeah. And then they went down to Grenada and they played more um, of the shorter version. Uh, they had a camp and then they went on to, to South Africa. Now, South Africa wasn't exactly the best um, tour for them. They would have liked to have left there with a lot more success, a lot more confidence. But they had to put that behind them and, um, you know, get going in the 2020 itself. Um, you know, it was thinking of what you have done and believing in, in yourself. And it all came very, very good in the end. Um, they probably made a couple of adjustments. I mean, for example, Smart, who's the very consistent opening bowler she hardly figured uh, whether it was injury or it was a change of tactic because they brought in the leg spinner amy fletcher hmm. and maybe they, they they decided that they will go with with one quick uh, but the batting um, certainly um, uh, was consistent the batting was strong and there's a lot of talent in, in that batting no, you're right, and and I'm glad you've uh, reminded us because we that you'd seen them in St Lucia because we talked about that at the time and said that this is a very very promising side. I don't think either of us expected them to win the World Cup. I think both of us expected them to make the semi-finals, and certainly underdogs in both semi-final and final. But we knew that they had a lot of very talented young women capable of winning these games. They just hadn't experienced that level of uh, success before. Yes, it's better they've been able to handle. Psychological thing of, of Australia, and uh, I think they, they they certainly did. They certainly outplayed Australia that day. If you were to look at the, I'm not a betting man, but I have no idea about betting. But I think yeah. Australia were, I'm sure, the major betting favourites. Yeah. And uh, I think um, uh, the girls did a, a lot for the future of West Indies cricket. But the future of West Indies cricket does not lie with them only. Uh, the board has got to make sure that we have the talent coming true, that we have a decent West Indies season, uh, we have a lot more people playing to make the, the national sides, so we are growing for the future. We just can't sit in the fact that we have won. Uh, we've got to do uh, some work in uh, some <coughs> development areas. The game is strong in Barbados, um, not as strong elsewhere. No, absolutely. Well, on top of the uh, the under-19s' previous success as well, there is certainly clear evidence of um, quality in those groups, in the younger groups and in the females. Um, things to build on for the future, as you quite rightly say, that it's what do they do in developing those talents. I mean, these, these girls are now going to be ambassadors for women's cricket throughout the region. Um, there's a great deal of potential to be tapped into to 
develop the women's game and, and spread it through the region. And um, on these building blocks, West Indies cricket, certainly in those areas, has got the ability to, uh, to improve and rise again. Well, I think the, the women's game have a good chance of attracting sponsorship since, since the victory. Um, and already we have seen the benefits um, with Taylor and Dutton going to England. I know that there must have been a cap on how many overseas players you can have, but I was surprised that Hayley Matthews and Rosalind Cooper um, didn't uh, make the cut because, you know, they, they, they batted in, in a very outstanding way. And yeah. Hayley Matthews is the total package. Bat, ball and can feel. Yeah, no, I, I, wonderful, wonderful performances and uh, you know, wonderful for the future, for, for, for West Indies cricket. And as, as I said, uh, these are things that the, the board and the development programmes can work with. Um, and they are clear evidence of success in those areas um, where they've been putting together these, these programmes for the development of cricket. Now, it's a totally different situation, uh, admittedly, with the men's success. Well, just before we go to the band, um, I know already plans have been made to have a West Indies female combination. Uh, I know that St. Lucia has picked a squad to play, first of all, in, the, in, 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 in a Windwards tournament. And I think um, the, the, the Women's Championship is already scheduled for later on in, in the year, which is good planning. No, that's that's good to know, and I can add to that, Reds. I heard uh, a very interesting interview with Damien O'Donoghue, the uh, uh, chief of the the, the CPL. Uh, he said there what there aren't plans for an actual women's competition to uh, go alongside that for this year, possibly in the future. But what he does hope to do this year is to have some games before the the, the main events to have some women's games. At the uh, at the venues beforehand, even even if they're just friendlies and things, but to further spread uh, the the game, the women's game to to the Caribbean people. Yes, well, the Australians did the same thing before their big bash games. They had the women playing in their own competition. They had a competition going, even if the CPL doesn't have a competition, just to expose the girls um, will be great hopefully in front of very good crowds who will come earlier to watch it. It's been noticeable already, Reds, hearing uh, reports throughout the Caribbean of youngsters being out again, seeing, playing cricket. Success breeds interest and that interest breeds further success. Over those weekends, I'm told that uh, you saw people who'd often be out playing football or whatever on the uh, recreation grounds, they picked up their bats and they were out there trying to emulate their stars of both sexes. Yes, I, I believe that um, the, the younger generation who are more interested in the internet and in telephones and in, in musical programs, uh, just for that week, just for that week, uh, with all the celebrations to follow, um, I think uh, there was a large number of young West Indians um, actually eyeing what was happening on the television screen and maybe... Just to refer to what you just said, maybe we have recaptured, we have recaptured some of those, uh, I won't call them a lost generation, hmm. maybe a lost generation from cricket uh, for, for, for a while. Yeah, yeah. The West Indies men's team uh, already had heroes 
in it. They'd won the 2020 World Cup four years earlier. Uh, they produced some new ones again this time, Red. Carlos Brathwaite, in particular, stole the headlines. Um, but we're going to talk about many of the, the, the players within that side. Um, first, I do want to uh, salute uh, Marlon Samuels. He was somebody you wouldn't even have had in the squad, would you, Reds? Well, you know, um, I, I, I really was concerned about his form. If you look at Marlon Samuels in the game against India, um, you know, he looked disorganized. He, he looked out of shape. Um, he was backing away a lot. Yeah. Got out to a very soft dismissal. I, I would think that Phil Simmons would have been, and, and other members of, of, of the management team would have been a little worried about Marlon Samuels at that point. I mean, he had what, a score of... Well, the biggest score he had was against England. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he had a, a fairly poor work up, up to that time. I suppose one um, might agree with me that, um, you know, he, he didn't look like someone who was going to figure in the final. No. Well, he certainly, he certainly did. <laughs> and um, he put together a very important partnership with Bravo. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I was, um, well, initially Johnson Charles, of course, um, played a very good role after we were 19 for two uh, with Gale gone. And um, after Johnson Charles left, a soft dismissal to Coley. After Johnson Charles left, um, Bravo came in. I was hoping Bravo would have gone a little faster and be more productive and the partnership would have pushed on. But at least we, do, we didn't lose a bunch, a bunch of wickets, yeah. but we are um, sort of running ahead of ourselves because um, you know uh, the event start in 2020, where the West Indies had a very good um, win against England, David. Yeah, no, throughout the competition, uh, it was only that one hiccup against Afghanistan. I will, I will claim that one, Reds. I said before the tournament even started, I believe they would uh, really. There was a big potential banana skin against Afghanistan. I really didn't think the West Indies players uh, would would gonna like that four pronged spin attack. Um, I was proved right on that, uh, and they won every other game. Yes, I think um, it wasn't our strongest side. I think they they rested Gale. I I thought we should have batted. We should have batted and put so much runs on the board yeah. that Af- Afghanistan uh, would have just simply fell away on, on, under the pressure. Uh, and when you look at our batting against Afghanistan, we found wonderful ways of getting ourselves out. <laughs> uh, but if if you're going to have a bad game, um, I suppose have a bad game when when it really did not matter. But hmm. I, I thought we really found the banana skin and we were flat on our backside. <laughs> I think we learned a, a, a hell of a lot. And my own feeling is that we should have batted first and batted them out of the game. Yeah, no, you're quite right. Um, you were talking about the India game before. I mean, we're, we're almost talking about all the games at once, aren't we, Reds? And with this passage of time already, that, that's, that, that's allowable. Um, it was a, a super performance against India. Very fortunate that uh, Lendl Simmons was dismissed twice from no balls. Uh, but that wasn't his fault that uh, he was called back. That's uh, you know, more fall India. And uh, and then the final against England, as we said, Samuels, and particularly then Carlos Brathwaite at the end. Um, the, the, the Carlos Brathwaite, have you ever seen anything quite like that before, Reds? Well, I've seen some magnificent hitting from Carlos King. Mm. Um, I've seen some magnificent hitting 
um, by Sir Vivian Richards. Yeah. But um, you know, all in uh, in, in one over, all <laughs> in in the space of a number of balls. Um, you know, you, you you aren't going to see that maybe for another hundred ODIs. Um, <laughs> you know, the the Lendl Simmons um, the Lendl Simmons um, uh, matter was. Yes. Well, you know, you, you, you wonder when the fairy tale would end. <laughs> but it was a brilliant in ends. I mean, this is no, you know, we, we talk about Russell's hitting and yeah. Carlos Braffield hitting. This was a batting display by Simmons, and who at one time was back in Trinidad out of the World Cup. Um, the replacement, uh, Fletcher, came in and played a huge role while he was there. And then, of course, uh, he himself got hurt. And um, quick thinking by the selectors, they must have checked with Port of Spain. Mm. He's back on the plane, he arrives and virtually plays. Um, <laughs> you know, he should have gone out and bought an Indian national sweepstakes ticket that afternoon, played the lottery in India. Because with that kind of luck, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you've got to take a chance and uh, as many things going. Magnificent performance. Yeah. I, uh, throughout the tournament, I was writing uh, uh, reports on the, the West Indies games uh, for uh, First Post in India. And um, I wrote right at the beginning of the tournament. In fact, after, after Chris Gale's murderous performance against England in the first match with his uh, 100 not out, I actually resisted the temptation to write purely about Gale, but actually to remind everybody that uh, the, the West Indies had a team of match winners. I, I wondered whether Darren Sammy actually read my piece because the very next day he said exactly that and took up that mantra, we are not a one-man team. And they proved it throughout the tournament, Reds. Yes, they did. And, you know, we must not overlook the victory against another potential winner of the tournament, South Africa. Yes. That was, in fact, um, in the build-up towards the semi, getting to the semi-final, a very important uh, victory. That's right. It was ab absolutely. And also, Reds, when you bear in mind that, um, which people haven't commented upon, that the West Indies uh, lost four players before the, uh, the tournament even begun. Uh, Narayan and Pollard, probably most noticeably, um, not part of the squad. Well, you just tripped my mind towards one Samuel Badry, because yes. he really came up trumps. Um, you know, we were hardly thinking about Narayan after a while with, with the success of Badry. Yeah. Uh, Badry really played a very important role in a bowling attack that just seemed to me to be one bowler short. Yes. Just seemed to be one bowler short, um, and uh, you know he really. I mean, in in the final, by knocking over Roy early, it, it yeah. was a major boost to the West Indies um, confidence, a major boost uh, to the start. And when he got Morgan caught a slip, um, he had really done uh, done his work. Yeah, I did. Uh, we're going to come on in a moment to the things that have been said after the. Uh... Uh, the, the the tournament victory, but one of the things I did like that was said was uh, Samuel Badry himself. He's he, he dedicated the win to the older generation. Reds uh, was was he thinking about people like us? No, I think he was the older generation of spinners. Maybe he had more in mind. Yeah, he himself, he himself, and I do <clears> feel <throat> that the Clyde Butt selection committee kept Badry out of uh, the West Indies uh, setup. 
Mm. Um, the shorter form of the game, at least for about two to three years. Um, in fact, in, in in writing my book, uh, Living My Dreams, um, I had actually had a, a paragraph on those who might have played, mm. and I, I I made the error. I made the error because of what was happening. I made the error by including Badri, mm. um, which I've had to apologize to him since. <laughs> uh, but um, he was left out. After really and doing so well in the shorter form of the game, I mean he he was you know really a mystery to a lot of our batsmen. Yet he wasn't being picked by the Clydebutts administration. No, well at least though Reds, uh, you revealed your own perceptiveness and you know eye for the game in that uh, you could see his qualities where where others couldn't. We must talk about the uh, the comments after the game. They've made headlines around the world. Uh, Darren Sammy effectively denounced the West Indies cricket board and said that he and his players felt disrespected. What, what were your initial reactions to that at the time, Reds? I think I would have preferred if Sammy had waited for the press conference mm. uh, and then he could have said exactly uh, the same thing. He, uh, that would have been carried around the world, his strong feelings about a number of matters. I think you had to see the presentation at the end as an ICC ceremony. Yeah. And uh, maybe it wasn't the, the, the right time because it took away, um, in a sense, uh, the, 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 the great moments. The, it took away from the sense um, of complementing um, a, a great team and, and the performances that came out of that. And uh, that's probably a minority um, position. If you took a sample around the Caribbean, they will all, all say um, Sami was right. Yeah. Um, now, whether if all the facts are, can be verified, that's a mo- not a matter because you've had some counter from Conde Riley, who is the BCA vice president. Yeah. And he was saying that there was Conde Riley was uh, on record, on radio, on television, saying that um, there was no trouble with the gear, that Roll Lewis didn't have to go and, and find gear, that, that Roland Holder, um, who was the operations man for the West Indies board, uh, simply told uh, Roll Lewis that he has to go and pick up the four packages of gear, which he did. And according to Conde Riley, the gear was used in the practice matches against Zimbabwe and against Warwickshire. You know, so you know that all came out eventually. Yeah, no, it was it was it was unfortunate, and and you're quite right. Um, most people, um, to begin with, certainly uh, uh, agreed with Darren Sammy. Um, though I think it was a case often of not knowing what they were agreeing with. I wrote a piece uh, again a day or so later. I think I was the first one to do so to state that I didn't agree with Darren Sammy. Uh, I was uh, given a lot of support in that stance and a lot of criticism too. A good friend of mine, Terry Bent, um, wrote to me that uh, I was entirely wrong and 99% of the uh, Caribbean would disagree with me. Um, I'm hoping to catch up with Terry on a podcast soon, but unfortunately <laughs> Terry's had uh, uh, the Zika virus, so uh, wish him well. Um, but I think a lot of those comments of Sammy were taken at face value. For example, the kit. Um, what people forgot was that um, the kit couldn't be uh, printed with the names on uh, as early as might have been liked because they didn't know if those players were going to turn up. They were threatening to strike. 
Yes, and uh, they quickly got over that, and, uh, and and the kit was was in place after all when they came back from from Dubai. It was all there. The other confusing thing is about the emails. Now I saw copies of emails from Carl Beckford uh, on yeah. behalf of the board, on behalf of the directors to uh, the, the the team, and uh, you know I wonder you know um, whether they didn't get there. Um, and again, I got to go back to Conde Riley. Conde Riley has displayed emails showing where the emails were sent uh, to the captain, to the manager, uh, to, to, to the coach. And I think in this morning papers, there's a little bit of uh, apparent um, disconnection between Richard Pribus and the, the coach Phil Simmons, who was saying that he had not had any emails of congratulations. Hmm. Uh, Richard Pribus is saying in this morning uh, papers, please read your emails. <laughs> you know, please read your emails. So um, maybe um, this, this whole matter of um, you know the team was not congratulated. Um, you know that really could be questioned brought out by Conde Riley. The one thing I, I was a little surprised to read is that the president said he was, President Cameron said that he was living in the hotel next door, but didn't want to go across to interfere. Well, I don't see that as interference if he went across for a short visit, if he had called Roy Lewis and said, hi, I'm coming over um, to see you for a few minutes. Um, spent that time saying, well done, Roll, well done to Darren Sammy, well done to uh, the coach, and exit the hotel. I, I didn't mm. see that as interference. Uh, th that's the one thing where I, I think um, the, 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 the president uh, could have definitely um, supported all the emails uh, that were sent by himself fronting up at, at the hotel and just spending a three or four minutes um, meeting the the three main people of the West Indies party. No, I, I, I entirely agree with you, Reds. Uh, I suspect he didn't go and uh, meet with the players and uh, because he uh, worried that he would get a hostile reception. Uh, I think throughout all of this, going back to the strikes in India and everything, what comes through time and time again is a total lack of proper communication uh, proper communication uh, between the West Indies Cricket Board and the players. Uh, I, and I think you do too, Reds, agree with what the board has tried to do in its restructuring of the money. Uh, the players, the international players, have been very unhappy with that situation and, and have, have voiced that. But I don't think properly what they are trying to do and how they are trying to do it has been communicated properly to those players or to uh, media outlets. Yes, um, I was suggesting that, that President Cameron go meet the players. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he, he would have gotten a good reception, unfortunately. But I was simply saying that he should go and spend a few minutes with Ron Lewis, with the captain, Darren Sammy, and with Phil Simmons. If they had refused to see him, That's he, should have reported, he should have simply reported that. Um, but um, no visit took place. And, uh, you know, there was a very good appearance by Wavell Hines on Sportsmax mm. where he answered all the questions about the money issues and I 
wrote to a, a close member of the board, an advisor, and I said, you know, the West Indies board should bicycle Wavell Hines <laughs> down into the Eastern Caribbean and let him meet the, the Caribbean press. Yeah. Let him meet, um, let him interact with the public so that they might be able to, to, to get a firmer grip on this whole question about the players losing money, what they're earning, etc., etc. Um, I don't think that that, that w- will be uh, accepted. Um, but um, th- th- I think they, w- they they will be losing an opportunity if they don't try to counteract what the majority of cricket fans feel that the the, the West Indies players, a certain group of West Indies players, the ones who have left. Uh, the Players Association in particular, are being shortchanged. Wavell Hines has got to be sent out as an emissary uh, to to interact with the public, to interact with the press, to answer those very questions he answered at Sportsmax so we can bury this once and for all. I think think there's a lot in what you say, Red. Uh, I have seen uh, extracts of that interview he gave with Sportsmax. They are available on uh, YouTube. I think what I will try and do is uh, attach those segments uh, to this podcast so that people can uh, see them for themselves. Uh, A lot of what he was doing in that interview was uh, refuting uh, things that Marlon Samuels had alleged in a previous interview about their rates of pay. Um, Marlon Samuels has severe issues with uh, Wavell Hines, as does Dinesh Ramdin. Dinesh Ramdin tweeted yesterday that he thinks Hines should resign uh, as a weeper's head. Um, there's still a great deal of satisfaction, dissatisfaction from those international players with Hines and uh, the West Indies uh, Players Association. Um, I personally don't see this ending well. They do all need to talk, but I can't see it being resolved. And I think players like Ramdin and Samuels, um, Sammy certainly, possibly even Gale, probably Brava. I'm not sure we'll see them playing for West Indies again, Reds. Well, that that, that was very much on, on the cards. Um, you're talking about tweets. Um, yesterday was one um, from Pollard uh, talking about the very lack of emails congratulating the team. Um, mm. that, 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 that was a late one. I just feel that we are building up to something before the Tri-Nation, which starts in Guyana in early June with South Africa and Australia. I hope it doesn't um, end up that way, but there are simmerings. There are simmerings, and there is encouragement in certain quarters. Uh, maybe, um, you know, to, 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 to have a, uh, a major standoff. I hope I'm hoping to be wrong, uh, but in the last uh, 48 hours, I, I've seen um, uh, enough uh, indications mm. uh, that we could be in, 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 in trouble in, um, in terms of, of, of the Tri-Nation. The board is meeting in May. Um, what's on the agenda, um, whether they will have a relook uh, the present rule is if you don't play yeah. in the Nagico, you can't be selected for ODIs. We just have to wait and see. But I, I see trouble brewing. Uh, I'm, I'm the same as you, Reds. I think uh, we're going to have plenty of opportunity to, to talk about those issues more, um, particularly now as we're uh, talking more regularly again. Uh, we will talk about uh, uh, whether they will 
play and pick those players for the ODIs, as you suggest. The indications are that they may not. Equally, one has to remember that a lot of these guys, yes, they're world beaters at 2020, they failed to get this side to qualify for the Champions Trophy. Yes, I think that point was made by Wayne Lewis, who is the secretary uh, to the Players Association. He said, you know, when you when, when you look back, the very, the very players, you know, um, couldn't get us up the ladder. The very players had us, you know, at, at number eight. So he, the point he was making that with the very players who everyone wants to play, we were not winning with them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you can take that for, for what it's worth. Um, but on a positive side, David, it's good to see that the CPL is allowing players from the winning on the 19 team one for each franchise yes. um, to be part of the um, franchise f- 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 from the various countries. Yeah, yeah. Now that's that's encouraging, and uh, I think we ought to uh, outline who those players are. And I think we're going to do that in our next podcast, uh, Reds. Um, this was effectively part one of a two-parter catch-up. We've uh, uh, dealt, I think, uh, in, in good terms with most of the, the 2020 uh, World Cup success and some of the fallout from that. I'm sure we'll revisit some of that again. But uh, you and I, we're going to chat again tomorrow and uh, catch up with other news that's uh, affected uh, West Indies cricket uh, since we last uh, last chatted. Um, but uh, on that, I think we'll both uh, say our thanks to our listeners. I know you always like to uh, thank our listeners in the Americas, Reds. Yes, it definitely um, is uh, getting towards um, uh, summertime in in the, in in the U.S. and Canada, and I think you'll probably have a, a positive from the West Indies winning in, in, the, in the cricket fields of those countries. Uh, Grenada is back on track with, with cricket um, since uh, their hosting of the uh, Carifta Games. But there's big. Uh, track and field in the Bahamas as, as we talked but um, you probably have to give me more information on Captain Cook because he <laughs> seems to have fall, uh, fallen um, foul uh, wearing a helmet that was not um, you know Authorised. Non-regulation helmet. Yes, I think that's that's one for us to, to chat about tomorrow. Uh, other little things to chat about tomorrow, Red. Uh, I, I'm going to want to hear your opinions on the uh, where in in the counter championship where they've effectively done away with the toss. But all of that's for part two for tomorrow. So uh, I will. On that note, I will say cheerio to you, Reds. Yes, and get your computer to stay away from a hard-hitting batsman. (laughs) Top advice from uh, a a veteran broadcaster who knows exactly what he's talking about. Uh, This has been uh, The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast with Reds Pereira and me, David Orm, and I hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.